1: S. Eliot, the Nobel Prize winning poet said, for last year's words belong to last year's language, and next year's words await another voice. And to make an end is to make a beginning. Welcome in to the final Religionless Christianity podcast episode of 2022. Mm -hmm. And it happens to fall on the final day of 2022, which is very coincidental, I guess, or just nice. (laughs) Um, And if you're new here, uh, we're still very religious, still very Christian folks. Even after the year that we just survived, our faith remains stronger (laughs) than ever. Uh, this country, though, in the world that we live in, is not very religious, though. It's very secular or very religionless, you could say. So, thank you for joining us. And all we really want for the new year, if we have a new year's resolution or a new year's wish, is for you to subscribe or follow, depending on what your platform asks of you. And if you would be so kind, leave us a like, maybe a review, and a nice comment that would all be very much appreciated. But today, uh, like probably every other podcast that you're going to listen to in the last or that you have listened to in the last week, we just want to reflect really on the year that we just made it through. We will reflect kind of on the stories that we've covered this year. This isn't going to be like, you know, the 10 biggest stories of the year. or They're just the 10 stories that kind of stood out to us and really highlighted this year for us and stuff that we've Mm -hmm. talked about. And we'll just kind of recap it as best we can. And then kind of, you know, most of them, obviously, it was 2022. So they're not going to be great. But we do have some good ones at the end. So stick around for that. Um, And then for the Bible topic, we are just going to sort of be catching everybody up to where we are on our Uh, our salvation discussion that we've been having over the last few months on our road to salvation and our assurances of salvation. So just kind of a quick catch up on where we are and, and what we're going to be sort of continuing into for next year. But before we get to all of that, honey, is there anything you would like to say?
2: Just thank you guys for your prayers uh, for our trip to Michigan and back. Um, We didn't have any car problems. And nobody got well, actually, Kobe got sick, but it's because he ate too much sugar at the hotel that morning. But it wasn't a real sickness. It was just, it was over with. All right. (laughs) Just a quick sickness and we moved on. But yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, Yeah, we got, we drove in a blizzard in Michigan and we didn't slide off the road. So praise God for that. And... Yeah, we got to see a lot of family that we hadn't seen in a long time. We got to meet some friends for the first time, some Christian friends. We met um, in a Christian Facebook group, been friends for a while. They've definitely um, helped us, helped us grow in the faith and helped us find the church we go to now, actually. So we finally got to meet them in person. So that was really nice.
1: Yeah, it was good. It's a good Christmas all around. It was, you know, we've grew up in Michigan. We've lived in Alaska, Washington State, been around a lot of cold in our life. But boy, you forget just how (laughs) cold cold is when you're not really prepared. And I think Christmas morning, it got down to negative 28 with wind chill. Uh, That's pretty cold no matter where you're at. So that was unenjoyable, but very enjoyable to kind of, you know. It was funny because Christmas morning, my dad was making fun of me. Cause I was like, well, I better get out there and shovel the driveway off to make sure we can leave. And he's like, shovel the driveway. (laughs) He's like, aren't you a Michigander? Like there's only a few inches of snow and it's a concrete driveway. What are you worried about? And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm getting made fun of by my dad. (laughs) So just to get my um, credit back, I had to drive down the highway for hours in a blizzard blowing sideways just to get my credit back and maintain my manliness. <laughs> so we did it all and we made it back here safely. And it was relatively enjoyable. We got to see the yeah. Ark. We went mm-hmm. to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky. If you've never been there, boy, it is nice. And plan ahead. Give yourselves a lot of time. That Ark is jam-packed with information, displays, Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, give yourself a minimum of six hours to walk through that and really take it all in. Yeah. We, on the other hand, showed up there, dilly-dallied around for about an hour, and then decided, you yeah, know, we better get, a, better get some food before we walk into this ark. So we sat down and ate for about an hour and then got into the ark with about a little over an hour left before they shut the thing down. So I wasted a whole bunch of time. Yeah. But it was still awesome. Great. <laughs> great. Um I can't think of the word. Just a great exhibit, I think. Mhm. And
2: yeah, it was really well done.
1: I would encourage everybody if you're in that area or you're looking for something fun to do with your kids that's also educational, the ark is a great place. Mm-hmm. And also, for prayer requests, I just want to well, it's more of a praise report and that's just for the podcast for our religionless Christianity podcast. You know, we've been going at this now for going on, I mean, two and a half years now, which is incredible to think on. We started, or yeah, we're about two years now, I suppose. We've been started in the middle of 2020, April of 2020, I believe. And this last, you know, the first year, like anything you start, is really slow going. And this last year, you know, it's still meager by... Big podcast standards, but we're going to be getting close to the forty five thousand downloads for the year mark, which is pretty incredible didn't mm-hmm. expect that necessarily, but very happy about it and hoping to grow for the next you know year like to see that maybe get close to a hundred thousand that'd be awesome, but either way, it's been a blessing you know, I think we've talked about this before, but one of the great things about doing the podcast, but also the daily devotionals is we have to be in the word, you know, Mm -hmm. we have to be reading the Bible, you know, because so often in the Christian walk, it's easy to get distracted or get busy. And you'll put your Bible reading off or whatever happens to be. But when we know we've got five daily devotionals, they're coming every, every week, we got them, you know, it just makes you have to be in the word, which Mm -hmm. is obviously good for us, we need it.
2: Yeah, it's a good way to discipline yourself.
1: Yeah, it gives you that responsibility to make sure that you're in the Word, studying and not just reading, but actually pondering it. And, you know, not that we're right on everything that we talk about. You know, we're not the most theologically deep devotionals. It's more our thoughts when we're reading something. What does it stoke in us? What are we thinking about? Mm -hmm. And it just gives you a chance to sort of... And Nikki hates it because, (laughs) you know... She'll want to pull out, you know, a whole chapter and talk about it. I'm like, no, no, we're going to pull out these three words. And that's a devotional. And she's like, how can you possibly talk about the, you know, or whatever, this sentence, this one verse. And
2: I like the whole context because I I have something else I want to say. And I'm like, well, I can't say that because we're not talking about those verses.
1: Yeah. But that's why it's important for you listening to make sure you're listening to all the devotionals. So if we're just pulling a random verse out, you, if you listened yesterday and you listen tomorrow, you might get the full context, uh, but that's, you know, it's been good just to look at scripture and really just think about it in are only five minutes. So it's not terribly deep, but it's been a blessing to us. So yeah. all around the podcast, talking to people in the comments, meeting people through the Christian podcast community, um, on YouTube, wherever it happens to be has just been a huge blessing. So thank you to all of you for making this year great. Hopefully 2023 will be even better for us. But with all that said, let's get our plugs out of the way and get rolling on the year that was. So you guys know we love Cardinal Contingency Solutions. We've been talking to you guys about stories these last few weeks of, you know, missionaries and Christians and foreign nations that have been getting Harassed or even imprisoned by some of the local, you know, terrorist organizations or whoever's there. And we've just been imploring you guys if you're in, you know, any sort of mission environment, church environment, consider reaching out to Cardinal. They are the best in the world at making sure you're prepared when you step out the door and also making sure that if things go sideways, you can get the help you need to get back home safely. And they're the best in the world. They're godly men, and they are eager to help. So just reach out to them a phone call an email and see what they can do for your church for your mission. I am certain you will be pleased. And then of course, we are proud members of the Christian podcast community. There's about 50 to 60 good Christian men and women podcasting on there. It's not the normal NPR Joe Rogan, um, you know, whatever horror podcast that gets pumped out to you on Spotify. These are godly men and women talking about godly things. And I think if you subscribe to it, you would enjoy it. It's one sort of subscription to get about 60 Christian podcasts into your feed. And um, we've been blessed by listening to them. Our sermon recommendation today will be a Christian podcaster that we listen to on our way home from Michigan. So we certainly encourage that. All right. That's the good stuff. Now, you guys know the drill if you've been here. Prepare yourself. Gird up your loins. It's time that we take our final trek for the week of 2020, for the year of 2022. (laughs) Our final trek through the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And take a look at the news of the week. And, oh, I forgot to mention, my son got me this excellent shirt for Christmas. Uh, I didn't expect a good Christmas gift. We did get good Christmas gifts.
2: I got you a good one. <laughs>
1: he got me a good one. I got a bunch of good Christmas gifts. But this shirt, it's an abortion shirt.
2: Anti-abortion an shirt anti-abortion is what shirt. he yes, said. <laughs> it's a
1: pro-life shirt, yes, if you will, which was a pleasant surprise. I wore it proudly to Sam's Club today. So that was nice. But. Um, well,
2: what does it say? You gotta read.
1: It says, oh, man, speak Dang. up for yeah. those who can't speak for themselves.
2: Yeah.
1: Talking about babies. So it was a good <laughs> shirt. Got a bunch of other good gifts. Bought myself a gift at Bucky's. If you guys have ever been to <laughs> Bucky's, let us know in the comments. That <laughs> is a environment. For sure. If you
2: don't like crowds, do not go.
1: Three or four Bucky's now and they're all the same. But I did buy myself a nice Bucky's coffee mug, lost it. We went back to Bucky's and I bought a second one.
2: On our way home. So we got a new one. We didn't turn around and go.
1: Bunch of good gifts. But yeah. All right. So as we mentioned earlier, we just wanted to recap sort of the news that we've discussed over the last year, the different stories that we've talked about. We have, I think, 10 maybe uh, that are more negative (laughs) that really encapsulated 2022. And then two that are sort of positive at the end that we'll touch on to sort of end on a positive note. And these aren't in any real specific order. They're just the order that they popped into my brain and I threw them down on uh, our notes. but. The first one here, in 2022, we learned that the Republican Party isn't coming to save us. Uh, Democrats hate us, we know that, and the Republican Party isn't going to come and save us. The Respect for Marriage Act, or really if you want to call it legalizing that which God hates, they signed off on. Massive spending bills, they continue to sign off on. Not to mention all the COVID restrictions they were willing to go along with. So in 2022, we learned that they aren't coming to save us. Um, We could go down for a while all the ways in which the Republican Party has sold America out over the last, I mean, I'm just 37. So over 37 years, I mean, the Patriot Act, anyone, but it's best to just highlight the fact that they aren't going to help get this nation back on track they have proven far more to be a problem than a solution. So that, with a few exceptions, right? There are still a few diamonds in the rough. You know, we would claim Ron DeSantis is a diamond. Um, And outside of that, boy, it gets slim quick. Trump, maybe. Who knows? I mean, he's, what are you really getting with him?
2: Yeah. But no, that was that a may. bit
1: disappointing, right? You know, we all heard all year there's a red wave coming, you know, all this sort of stuff. It fizzled out and the ones that were left standing voted against God. <laughs> so, boy, that's encouraging.
2: I do remember our only hope is in God. We always get our hopes on some person or, or whatever, but...
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's a positive for sure, you know, but it is, it is disheartening to see initially, you know, that they aren't going to come to save you. And in fact, they're going to be there to stick the knife in a little bit deeper, Mm -hmm. but it is important to remember. And this is, I guess, a positive that it highlighted. We can't keep looking to the same people that got us in the mess to get us out of the mess. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, it wasn't just Democrats that drug this nation into $31 trillion of debt that drugged this nation right. into wars all over the world, that drugged this nation into um, the COVID life. I mean, all of this stuff, you know, that's the uniparty for a reason, right? They're, you know, all the world is a stage and they're just actors by and large. We've said that for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think 2022 was very evident of that fact. Very eye-opening. So do you want to read point number two, honey?
2: Yes. Point number two. So we had the January 6th production that was put on by the Washington, D.C. studio. What was it for? What was the point other than wasting your tax dollars and free advertising for liberal politicians? Who knows?
1: Who really knows? Uh, I don't even know if that thing's wrapped up completely. I don't think so. In fact, I think I just read today or yesterday, they wind up dropping their subpoena on President Trump. So he doesn't even have to testify to them anymore. It was a charade, right? We saw our politicians in Washington. Really, I mean, it was a production, like you said, it was literally put on by a former ABC executive. (laughs) It was a production and wasted a lot of tax dollars and drew a lot of attention to those on the committee. Those that were. Uh, speaking in front of or being questioned in front of the committee drew a lot of attention to them. But I don't know, I don't know anybody. And I honestly have never had a conversation with somebody in passing where they went, Hey man, do you hear about what happened at that Jan 6th select committee hearing? Never (laughs) once the entire year. Did anybody go, boy, did you, can you believe that revelation? You know, we watched the first episode here, or yeah, episode, that's what it was. It was the first episode of the hearings. And we, we did our due diligence, we knew what we were getting into, I wasn't going into this completely, like, whoa, let's just see what they have to say. You know, we were biased, of course, but I don't think it moved us. You kind of watched and you went, oh, this is all just a show trial. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, let's move on. And that was the last one we watched. But Uh, I do think, you know, you kind of saw that this sort of civil, uh, civilian sort of rising up against the government, they were going to put down hard, you know, Mm. because it's interesting that the Jan 6 stuff was happening right at the tail end of the BLM riots. Mm -hmm. And we saw Mm -hmm. when the civilians were burning cities, and their, their neighborhoods to the ground. Politicians were all for it. Yeah. That's just free speech. That's standing up for your rights. That's persecuted yeah. minorities. And then when those groups turned their attentions to the Capitol and let them know that they were displeased with them, it was a whole nother tune. Yeah. You came to their neighborhood and they were yeah. no longer pleased with that. And they let you know. So I think that was pretty eye opening to learn, you know, sort of just how, I guess, Insulated, those in Washington are and want Mm -hmm. to be. They don't want the rabble there. They're the betters. And you're not going to come and mess up their nice little thing in Washington. And if you do, I mean, those folks are still sitting in jail, still sitting in prison. So that was pretty eye opening.
2: I hope we can just learn from the year, everything that's happened. You know, we say it's eye opening, but other people's eyes opened. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I Prayer think a hope. lot of people's eyes have been opened. You know, I do think throughout the year, the things that we have seen, you do see now it's hard, right? Because these same sorts of people, these same politicians, they basically own the means of communication.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've, we've seen that the Googles, the YouTubes, the Facebooks, they're completely comfortable with making sure government messaging gets out. So it's hard to hear you know, what most people in the country feel or think and feel, but I do think you get a sense that a lot of people are sort of waking up. And now what that's going to mean, ultimately, who knows? I mean, we basically went to war with the British for far less than we've dealt with in 2022. I think it just shows
2: what a deep slumber people are in.
1: Yeah, I mean, comfort, entertainment, is basically the biggest burden on our freedom, on our liberty. You know, we're just, you know, things get a little bit hairy, stick a new phone in their face. Yeah. And they'll go back to sleep. Yep. And we can't do that anymore. So point number three here. We really, in 2022, found out what a groomer was. We really had the covers pulled back on just how many people and corporations, Disney, were actively trying to persuade your children into lives of sexual immorality and degeneracy. You know, from Disney, of course, to nearly every Democrat politician, your doctors and nurses, Mm -hmm. to your children's school teachers, uh, and really their school administrators, counselors as well. You know, this is a real and serious war for your children's soul. And we really had that come to light this year. Mm -hmm. You know, it seemed, if you followed on Twitter, you know, the libs of TikTok, it was everywhere. You know, the school teachers, Disney Mm -hmm. blatantly coming out and saying, yes, in fact, we want to, uh, we want to indoctrinate your children. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about Abigail Schreier and the social contagion. We've reviewed the Christian podcast, or yeah, the No, the Christian Post podcast, which we will be finishing next year. I think we're on the final episode we'll be doing next year, probably next week, on generation indoctrination, how they went about really trying to indoctrinate your children into this affirmation care. And, you know, you probably were aware of it, right? The older folks, like, ah, Disney's been, you know, spelling sex in the clouds forever. And, but, you know you we really thought that had, was it
2: back then right you we didn't no realize idea. just
1: how deep it was and this year 2022 and again this is why i think people are waking up you know because i've even heard i remember you know colin cowherd one of my used to be one of my favorite uh, sports talk show hosts to listen to he's a pretty liberal guy but even he came out and again he was kind of thinking about the red wave was going to come but he was like You come after people's kids and, you know, they're going to have some pushback. And so even these pretty liberal Californians were saying, yeah, you guys got to leave the kids alone here, you know, and I think in 2022, more than any time in my life, you realize that, boy, the government, big corporations, big tech, you know, the school environment, they're all gunning for your kids. They're all fighting to be the ones to drag your kid Mm -hmm. to hell. It's crazy. And I do hope that people are awake to that. You know, we've been Mm -hmm. saying on here for the last month or so, because you saw all summer long, and even last year, all the, you know, videos of the parents at the school board meetings, and they're yelling about the pornography that's in the school libraries and all this crazy stuff, their homework assignments. And that's all great. I can't help but think a lot of it's just staged and for publicity's sake. Because at the end of the day, if you yell and scream, but then you send your kid right back to the classroom. I don't know what it really does. So we've been saying the real revolution is to get your kids out of the school.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Get your kids out of the school, homeschool them, raise them in the way they should go, you know, in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's something you should be doing. Instead of sending them to a place where you can feel very confident at least some in those schools want to groom them into an immoral lifestyle. So get your kids out of school.
2: Those kinds, yeah, they're they're in the schools. It's not just the school board.
1: Yeah, and that's why we spend so much of this time, you know, we already talked about the Republican Party being lame in point number one here, but why we've talked about the Democrat Party being pretty much just satanic, you know, because these are satanic things. When you want to live in complete opposition to Christ, that is antichrist. Mm-hmm. And what is antichrist? Satan. Right. So when your platform, when the bills and the policies you're running for are clearly antichrist, well, they're satanic. You know, and that may not be a, a nice word to throw around, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. That's why we say that the Republicans suck and the Democrats are satanic. That doesn't leave you in a lot of great spots there when you're trying to Pick a politician, but that's what Mm -hmm. 2022 showed us. So do you want to read point number four?
2: Yeah, so we saw the Twitter files and became privy to just how comfortable big tech and sadly government institutions are with crushing free speech. The Twitter files are continuing to come out and more will be unveiled as time goes on about just how aggressively your government And the companies that are so willing to take your money want to quell your free speech and access to information.
1: Yeah, the Twitter files were a big revelation. Not that we didn't know that it was already going on. People were already aware that they were being censored. But to really have it come out and see just how open the communication was, just how willing the Twitter employees and the government agencies, FBI most notably, just how comfortable and how Mm -hmm. much communication there was all the way up to the top, right? We talked about at the time, Jack Dorsey, he knew what was going on. And ultimately, you know, he's not alleviated from that, because he knew what was going on. And just to see that, I think maybe just the fact that it got exposed is pretty mind boggling. I mean, we know this stuff has been going on for as long as we've had, you know, social media and the internet and that sort of stuff. But it never really just comes out like this. Yeah, so to actually have Elon Musk, I mean, I guess that could be the story too. Elon Musk actually purchased Twitter, which was pretty incredible. But then to dump all this information to just show people pretty blatantly, here's how your government's spying on you. Here's how they're quelching your free speech, they don't even care for your free speech. Here's how they're steering elections, here's how they're sort of trying Mm -hmm. to pick winners and losers. And you go, wow, we knew it was happening. We didn't think someone would just show it to us. And it's great, for sure. To see it. It's also a bit not great. (laughs) Because I don't know who has more faith in the FBI today than they did previously. And that is our nation's highest sort of law enforcement agency is the FBI. And there's Republicans in Washington that are, you know, pretty adamant about bringing something to bear against the FBI for what they've been doing. I don't know that they'll ultimately get anywhere with it. But it has been enlightening. And that kind of ties in well with our point number five here. And that is in 2022, again, we were really exposed to the true nature of our FBI, just how actively or how active they were in stifling our free speech, not to mention the fact that they raided a former president's home. Uh, They were complicit in smearing and furthering known lies about political candidates And I mean, you could even go back as far as as 2016, you know, obviously some of this information is just coming out now, but back to 2016, 2015, when all the rush occlusion and all that stuff was going on, just how complicit the FBI was in sort of pushing a lot of that propaganda. Mm -hmm. And we can assume that if the FBI is engaged in these activities, well, the other lettered agencies are most likely engaged in it as well. So, you know, the Twitter files come out and just sort of highlight how comfortable and how closely these lettered agencies are working with Twitter. And again, you can assume if the, other, if the FBI and Twitter are doing it, well, this, the CIA, the NSA, and Facebook and YouTube and Google, they're all yeah. doing this. It's not like Twitter was some outlier here.
2: Right. I yeah. mean, I hope people realize It's everywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, social media, I think there was a lot of discussions for a long time, like, ah, you know, is it a net positive? Is it a net negative? The internet, all this sort of stuff. I'm really leaning towards it. It's a huge net negative. Our technology that we're in. I mean, obviously, it's great for here. We're talking to you guys. You listen to a podcast. That's all great. But the internet, as we know it, really... It's not a free and open
2: environment. It's just a communication can be controlled. That's well, it what can it be is.
1: controlled, but then our comfort and our enjoyment is such a sort of paralyzing toxin to us. And yeah. we've, you know, we've talked on multiple episodes this year about churches and yeah. church goers that go, ah, well, online church is just as good. You know, TD Jake's daughter is shutting down the doors of a mega church to go online and well, that's a net negative. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe her church going away is a net positive. I don't know. I was never there. But mm-hmm. people thinking that just being on a YouTube, watching a YouTube sermon is somehow good enough for their faith. That's a net negative.
2: Yeah, you just being fed sermons, but then not being part, like we said that before, not being part of the body of Christ. There's, You're not putting any of it to good use. You're not obeying any commands of god.
1: No, I mean the digital church is I mean we've said here it's a very selfish way to go to church. It's all about somebody tell me a sermon I want to hear and do it quickly and make it engaging or I'm gone. Yeah. Instead of being like I'm a member of this church in all the ugliness and all the hurt and all whatever it is, I'm a part of this body. No, it's just hey, you guys put on a nice production. I may or may not get dressed. Probably not. And I'm going to sit on my couch. I'll probably watch 10 minutes until I get bored. And then I'm gone.
2: Yeah. How do you, um, we were just talking about that scripture last night. I think, I think it was Colossians. I'm probably wrong, but bear with one another and forgiving one another. Like, where are you able to put that into practice?
1: Uh, Are you bearing with them in the comment section?
2: Like you go to the the church that has people that are hard to bear with. Yeah, you yeah, can't go to a perfect church. you are hard
1: to bear with. Yeah. <laughs> we all are, except for Nikki. She's perfect. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, the digital church thing, and obviously, the censorship, the propaganda mills that they've turned into, these are all huge negatives, not to mention the pornography, the gambling, the sex trafficking, the human trafficking, all these sorts of things that exist, and have been, you know, exploded into our society those are huge negatives.
2: Yeah. Not there's to say more that, negative. It's done more. I don't know. You can't, it's hard to tell if more harm has come about than, than good.
1: I would say yes. The gospel was spread just fine. That's true. Uh, in fact, probably better than it is yeah. now. And yeah. Yeah. So just enlightening the Twitter files, the FBI, we learned a lot about big tech and the government in the year 2022. Mm -hmm. So do you want to read point number six?
2: Yeah, so we learned that so many in this country are willing to accept blatant lies, absurd lies, just for the sake of feelings. And again, comfort when Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary came out. From politicians to academics to everyday people, the willingness to stare absurdity in the face and accept it, it was evident more than ever this year. From Will or Leah Thomas to Richard or Rachel Levine, the satanic distortion of truth was shoved in our faces. And so many in our country just chose to accept it. Again, comfort ruled the day. If you ever wonder how Nazi Germany could have happened. Wonder no more. Comfort, complacency, fear, apathy of the populace allows strong men, evil men to run amok. And this year showed our country would do little to stop such men if they were to rise here.
1: Yeah, I think that was very eye opening in 2022. Yeah, you know we always like to look back on history and obviously Germany is a great point to rest on and think, well, how could that have happened there? How could they have allowed the country and so many people in that country to just sort of accept what was happening to the Jews, to the church, to the nation, the wars. And you go, yeah, I mean, we would, who do you think in this nation is going to stand up? and fight back. I mean, we saw small numbers, but even with COVID, where the threat was just your job, it was just, you know, your kids in school, and nobody right. would fight,
2: right? They find the things that you hold on to that are dear to you and threaten to take it away or And I remember
1: chuckling, you know, how many trucks and Jeeps and all these with the "Don't Tread on Me" stickers and flags, and "Live Free or Die," and every one of them, they went, "Oh, Live Free or Die. If you don't get that shot, you're fired." Yes, boss. Like,
2: no. There's a lot of those here. <laughs> you
1: know how many of us would really stand up against an Adolf Hitler and fight and battle? How many Dietrich Bonhoeffers would there be in this nation? There's some, sure. Not enough. No. And we need more. And hopefully that is a lesson that we've learned from 2022, that our comfort, our complacency, or even our fear and apathy is mm-hmm. going to be the death of us as a nation. I mean, we are a nation that is dying. I mean, they're,
2: well, we are a we dying, loved, decaying nation. We just, just the love of money, uh, our debt, we're slaves to debt. and. The threat of losing our personally. Yeah. There's a threat of losing your job. Well, we're not taking this vaccine. Like they backed you into a corner.
1: Right. I mean think how it was planned, you know. (laughs) Think how truthful that verse. I can't think of the verse right now, but you know, the debtor is slave to the lender. Mm -hmm. Think how truthful that statement was in 2020, 2021, and 2022. Where, I mean, I think at the time, you know, there was like half, maybe less than half the nation that had actually taken the COVID vaccines until the mandates, the job right. loss came out and then everybody- yeah, It
2: was after the threats.
1: Lined up to go and take it because, well, I can't lose my job. Yeah. Right. Because you've become a slave to the lenders. Your lifestyle won't allow you to anymore. And right that's been very dangerous, but- You know, just the complacency, the willingness to go along with the absurdity of transgender ideology is insane. I mean, we've talked about the Vanderbilt Hospital this year, where they basically came right out and told you, yeah, there's a whole lot of money in this transgender surgery. And if you don't want to do it, you're going to get a lot of heat working in this hospital uh, because we need these surgeries. We need this you know lifetime of medical care because it's big money you know we saw that stuff we've seen Rachel Levine as you talked about the four star admiral or admiral of the health and human services you know she's a pediatrician he's a pediatrician excuse me and that's just there for you to see telling you what you know to believe the science to trust the experts it's a transgendered man, you know, Leah Thomas, Will Thomas, dominating women's swimming. And we're all supposed to just look the other way and go, yeah, that six foot three dude with super broad shoulders and baseball mitt hands, just speed boating every girl in that water. And we're supposed to just go, yeah, no, that's a legitimate woman. Now. It just, they shoved absurdity in our faces and people went, no, I'm comfortable with that. You know, is that iPhone 14 out? Yep. Is uh, what's on Netflix? Is there a new black Adam that come out? That's what
2: people talk about when they get together, what they watch,
1: what they watch and what they eat.
2: Mm -hmm. That is it. That's main conversations.
1: Yeah. So I think more than ever (laughs) shame on this nation, if we ever look back at Germany, with scorn, we should look back and go, yeah, makes sense. Good thing it hasn't, you know, there's no Adolf Hitler here yet, or else we'd be marching people to the showers <sighs> ourselves. I mean, they, right, how many people were, you know, basically the, the brown shirts of this nation with the COVID vaccine? And are you wearing your mask and, you know, beating people down for that? You know, someone refuses to wear their mask and actually stand up for freedom on an airplane. And then when they get thrown off, everybody claps that the one person that was brave enough to stand up for freedom gets thrown off the flight. And they're like, yeah, we can go back to our comfort now. Like how embarrassing. But that's where we are. And that's what we learned in 2022. So point number seven here, and sort of just like Matt Walsh in What is a Woman, Candace Owens, she showed us just what Black Lives Matter leadership was doing um, with all the funds that they were raising. And we realized maybe just why the trans movement, which seemed like a strange bedfellow for the Black Lives Matter sort of movement and the people that were supporting that movement, they seemed like strange bedfellows all this time. Well, we kind of learned that, well, they were just sort of piggybacking the trans movement was. And in many cases, they were leapfrogging the Black Lives or the oppressed minority movement. You know, they just leapfrogged them on that oppression train. And they leapfrogged them in many respects because the BLM leadership, as Candace Owens pointed out, was funneling the BLM funds into trans rights organizations, which is weird until you realize, well, they're trans women. Yep. Or they're yeah. lesbians, married, dating, whatever trans folks. And that's where their ideology lied. Yours lied with supporting oppressed minorities. Theirs lied with funneling money to trans rights organizations. And that helped us you know, as far as what did we learn that helped us learn? Well, how did this trans movement just sort of latch on. And ultimately, the gay uh, rights movements, the entire LGBTQ movement latched on to sort of the Black Lives Matter movement and just started moving along with them. And, you know, you wonder how did that even happen? Well, Candace Owens, Candace Owens showed us at least part of how that happened. You know, they were taking the money that you sent to support oppressed minorities and they were funneling it to and you trans might not rights organizations. Support that. And many in the black community don't.
2: When we were at Target, I think it was in June when I went because it's Pride Month. We went in, but then we immediately walked back out. There was a shirt in Target. Black trans lives matter. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that makes sense. Oh, Those- were you just a yeah.
1: cisgendered black man? not good enough.
2: Yeah, we
1: want black trans lives. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. And I, you know, I just think that that's enlightening to sort of see the way that these, I guess, ideologies, these movements sort of intertwine. And this documentary kind of exposed that I mean, it did highlight back to George Floyd and all of that as well. But I think more interestingly was because that's something I've always wrestled with was like, you know, if you want to say minorities are oppressed and Black Lives Matter, all that sort of stuff, that's one argument. But then when trans people start sort of piggybacking your movement, it's very bizarre. I mean, I yeah. thought, well, even, you that know, is weird. Trans move the trans folks piggybacking the lesbian and gay movement is bizarre too, and even bisexuals. Mm -hmm. Why are you even part of the movement?
2: They are. Until you pick a side, I don't
1: know what you're doing here. Like, you're just like I don't know. I'm willing to do anything, but I like the idea of being oppressed that gives me certain clout. So here we are, the bisexuals. Like, out of very weird, right? But this documentary did illuminate a little bit sort of how they were intertwined. And I thought that was enlightening this year. Mm -hmm. We learned a little bit. So do you want to read point number eight?
2: So we saw the rise of the DIE cult really take hold this year. Diversity, inclusion, and equality has been gaining ground in nearly every area of life and no one is safe from their demands. We witnessed this attack coming for the church From the race baiters like Rachel Richardson and the Duke volleyball team going after BYU to Hillsong Church demanding half their board be women. We had the president, President Biden, a D.I.E. champion, demand that his Supreme Court nominee be a black woman. And Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson was that woman. Professional sports leagues, churches, government agencies, And nearly every sector of American life, DIE is front and center. Yep.
1: Yep. We learned that quite a bit this year. That was very eye-opening. And, you know, that's something that we sort of talked about a little bit earlier in the year. We started talking, or maybe it was late last year. You know, we were talking about racializing Jesus. We did an episode Mm -hmm. on, and, you know, how we could see a time coming where, you know, Christianity was going to be labeled as this sort of Racist religion and that sort of thing, and then this year we really started seeing them. You know, we play. I can't remember the Twitter clip now, but there was a conference that we played where the two uh, a black man and a black woman were talking about how you know we really need to get diversity, inclusion, and mm-hmm. equality into the seminaries. That's where mm-hmm. it starts. And they started talking yeah. about that way. And you know, we've talked stories about. Obviously, BYU, how they were attacked over a race hoax and Fuller Seminary. You know, we talked about them, I think, going down the diversity and inclusion route, obviously Hillsong here and many others. So we definitely saw the D.I.E. cult get their claws into the church, which I think is probably their ultimate goal, because you kill the church and you kill this nation and they are coming for it. Bloodthirsty. It's
2: all right. They're not going to kill the true church, the real believers, the bride no, of Christ. No, of course not. It's just going to be revealed who true believers are is what it's going to do. Yeah. And it's, it's a trial. It's gonna a
1: highlight. You know, we saw and we talked about that with BYU. You know, this Rachel Richardson hoax. She basically labels BYU racist and the BYU presidents, the governors, they all come out and apologize to her mm-hmm. and just go, Yes, we're sorry, our entire campus of Mormons are racist. Like, <laughs> what? Instead of going, eh, hold on, let's get all the facts. We aren't racist on this campus. And I, you know, until proven otherwise, they didn't do any of that. This way, oh yeah, sorry, we're racist.
2: They just want a bunch of apologies to prove, they're trying to prove that it's true.
1: Right. If the, you an apology, get you're in. agreeing. And then the Kentaji Brown Jackson, you know, again... Is she a qualified Supreme Court justice? Most likely. But when you come out and you go, we want a black woman on the Supreme Court. Look, here's Kintaji Brown Jackson. You go, oh, so this is the most qualified black woman that was available instead of the most qualified person, right? It sort of puts a cloud over her that may not deserve to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, We saw this, uh, was it I think it was fuller. That's what we talked about. Maybe it wasn't women, but it was the they hired that uh, black man from Duke Divinity to be their president, right? And he was the first African American, you know, Dean or whatever, of fuller seminary. And that was the big headline first African American Dean. And you're like, well, is he the most qualified dude? Or is he just the first black guy that was willing to take this job? Right? So we see this diversity, inclusion, and equity. And a lot of this stuff, it seems like they're just trying to get out in front of it. That's what we learned. Yeah. You know, the fear is already there. It's already implanted. So now all of these colleges and churches, and they're just tripping over themselves to be the most diverse so that nobody will look their way. Well, look at all the women we have. They're like, we even asked you about women on the board. Well, I don't know, but they might. Now we have them like, it's just crazy. The DIE. Uh, lobby has got some power. We learned that in 2022, for sure. Yeah. Next up here, point number nine. We learned that our comrades to the north. We learned of their disdain for religion when they banned conversion therapy. uh, Or in layman's terms, the process of using your faith to help turn children back from destroying their bodies through gender reassignment. We learned about that either early in 2022 or late 2021. But we did learn uh, after Canada's C4 bill, I think is what it was called.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We saw our so-called Catholic president really pick up where Canada was uh, leaving off. And he passed his own executive order banning conversion therapy in America. Again, showing his disdain for somehow the faith he claims to hold to and not allowing conversion therapy. So we did learn that, you know, they are setting their sights on the faithful in this nation. And now conversion therapy isn't just a Christian practice. It's members of all faith, I would assume. But we do see them along with the Respect for Marriage Act that we talked about in point number one, they're beginning to put the screws to the faithful, if you will, in this and turn their attention. They're writing laws, banning our practice of religion. And that's dangerous. So again, we learned that our government is not necessarily a friend of the faithful in this nation in 2022. Again, might have known that for some time now, but it's always notable when they actually just come right out and show you or come right out and do it. That's always notable. And I think this year with, you know, and obviously Canada is Canada, but we've mentioned many times this year and over the last two years, the people running our nation today are the exact same people that run Canada. The problem is the constitution stands in their way, Uh, but it doesn't stand in their way that much because they seem to just step right over it easily Mm -hmm. enough. But That was something that we learned, the disdain for the faithful in this nation.
2: This makes you wonder, what do they have planned for the next year? Like, what's coming up? New surprises, new shocking.
1: It will be shocking to us. Yeah. Won't be to them. They're already aware of what they're going to do. Won't be to God. Right. Um, But it will be to us. So... Do you want to read point number 10 here?
2: So we saw traditional Christian values be rebranded by God haters as white Christian nationalism. The faith that founded and grew this nation was rebranded and labeled basically a hate group, an extremist ideology. Love for God and love for country became signs of racist white supremacist identifiers Along with the Respect for Marriage Act and DIE, the attack on Christian values was full steam ahead this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you still hear white Christian nationalists. That's still a a moniker that gets thrown around, basically saying if you were basically believed in traditional Christian values, that's somehow a white supremacist trait. And Mm -hmm. that needs to be done away with. And again, that's just more attack on the church. It's providing that gateway that the diversity, inclusion, and equity folks need. It gives them the cover to go and attack your church, to attack your seminary, because you're a white Christian nationalist. You know, it's not real Christianity. And I guess you could say with that, we've seen as this white Christian nationalist moniker has been thrown around. I feel like at the same time, you've sort of seen more and more people come out as black Hebrew Israelites.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, maybe that's not coincidental. You know, you start labeling Christianity, traditional Christianity as racist. And more black people that were Christian go, well, I don't want to be racist. Let me find something that, you know, focuses on my black heritage. Hey, look, we're all Jews and the chosen people somehow. I didn't know that yesterday, but today I am. Hot dog, you know, how lucky are you? So, yeah, we did learn that again, because this is a drumbeat that is being pounded from our government down, that they are no fans of the faithful, right? Anywhere where they can gain political points, where they can divide and conquer, they're going to. And if that means pitting Christian against Christian, even from so called Christians, they're completely comfortable doing it. And that's a shame. But again, it's something we learn. And now it's our job to do something with that information. And I'm not sure how many are going to do something with it. I hope everybody right speak out against it. Tell them it's nonsense. Tell everyone you know, whenever you hear someone talking about it, that's garbage. You know, there is. That's the reason we did an episode on white Christian nationalists. We said no, it's, it's, a, it's made up. It's not real. White Christian nationalists is just White people that are Christian and love America. So now, if you're a white Christian that loves America, somehow you're part of a hate group (laughs) instead of just being.
0: I don't know how white people people that love God in
1: America. No, through the uh, art of propaganda, that somehow became basically a hate group.
2: Nobody just it just people aren't thinking. It's that's it. They just don't think. They just receive information. And they believe it, they.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're a headline culture. We just peruse headlines, 15 second videos on TikTok. I mean, we just have this highlighted to us over Christmas. You know, someone telling us about the news they got from TikTok. And you're like, yeah, that's it's not true. Yeah, that's not right. Some you got the headlines stuff. wrong. Um, but when you just see the headline, you get a 15 minute snip. And that's good enough for yeah, you. People
2: are giving you the rundown, their opinion based off a headline on TikTok.
1: Yeah. So and that's where the I think the white Christian nationalist stuff. And then again, they got their. Their. I guess the people they need to go out and spread, you know, we talked about the Jamar Tisby's of the world here, the sort of, you know, racial, divisive, supposed Christians that go out there to stir up the race. Uh, issues amongst Christians. And, you know, they got them. So, again, it's a fight that we're going to have to take uh, sort of head on going into 2022. Because I'm not a racist. I'm white, I'm Christian, and I like, I love what America was. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, so I'm not going to accept the idea that somehow I'm part of a hate group now, just because a politician needs a vote. That doesn't seem right. So, that is something we learned pretty eye opening. So, those were the 10 that we just wanted to highlight. Again, there could have been others, but those were all pretty rough. There was a lot of bad there, but there was some good that we found out this year. And we do want to end this bit of a news segment just on some of the good stories. So, the first one, and This is a story that broke late last year, but I think we didn't really see the impact until this year, and we won't really see it more until the years going forward. So that's why I wanted to add it in here. But we saw that churches actually have power in this country to stand up for their rights, even though so many of them were willing to just bow to the spirit of the age and the authorities without so much as a whimper. And again, this was more sort of September, October timeframe of last year, but I don't think the ramifications are going to be really felt until, you know, 2023, 2022, where churches decide, no, the courts, we still have a constitution, we still have the right to free exercise of our religion. And until more of them grow their spines back, I think, you know, And I think they will, you know, that's my hope. And I believe, you know, and obviously John MacArthur was kind of the headliner of all the, I would say churches Mm -hmm. as he stood to fight against Gavin Newsom and that satanic government out in California. But there were others. I think, I think the name was Tony North. I don't remember, but I feel like that was a Mm -hmm. pastor who fought and won maybe in Louisiana against the same kind of lockdowns, you know, We had one of our old pastors from New Mexico, I believe, Steve Smotherman, I believe he was standing and fighting, refusing to shut down, you know, basically proving that his constitutional right to have his church open Mm -hmm. still exists. And I think that's going to be very important. So we did learn that some pastors have a backbone and some of them are actually willing to fight for their constitutional rights. So again, a lot of those points we've discussed in the first 10 were about the government starting to sort of turn their attention to the church and what that could mean. And having these pastors and these churches learn late last year and throughout this year that they actually have the ability to stand and fight back Mm -hmm. is going to be monumental going forward. And we really need to support these people. You know, I get John MacArthur can be a divisive man. Uh, You know, Pastor Smotherman, probably New Mexico is a divisive man. But as long as they aren't blatantly, you know, I would say maybe opposed to the essentials of our Christian faith, which I don't think any of them are. I would encourage you to support them. Mm -hmm. You know, you may not like the Calvinism that John MacArthur preaches, but if you believe he's a godly man who wants the best for the church, it's worth supporting him, even if you don't adhere to, you know, all of the doctrines he teaches. Because we're going to need these churches to be sort of the front runners, showing the rest of the Christian churches, showing yes. your church that they actually, even if they're smaller, they have the ability to stand and fight for their own yep. rights. So, you know, I remember when this story first broke with uh, Grace Community and Pastor MacArthur, you know, we actually sent them a couple hundred bucks just to show our support. I think I sent a letter of, you know, kind of a comment of thank you for standing I had never been there. I wasn't a seminary student at the masters yet. None of that, but I I wanted to support him and let him know that people outside of his congregation were behind him and I think boy, that's going to be so important and that, you know, even going back to the things like white Christian nationalists and DIE and these sorts of things. I think it's become more and more important that us Christians, you know, turn off the news, turn off the politicians, get off social media and start joining together. Maybe some white folks, you can start going and shaking hands and getting to know the black church in the community and building that relationship. Some of the black folks, you can come over to the white church, you know, and build that community. And realize that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're not Democrats and Republicans. You know, it's really, as we've said on here before, it should not be Democrat versus Republican, conservative versus liberal. It is, and it's always been us versus them. We the people versus those who seek to oppress us. That's always been the case. And it's the case today, just the same. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first... Sort of unit we need to be a part of is the faithful. And I think, you know, in your community, that's something you should be doing. You know, don't be afraid that, you know, that black church down the street, their songs might be a little bit louder. They might dance a little bit faster than you're used to. Mm -hmm. And that old white Baptist church down the street, their songs might be slower. They might not dance at all. They might not raise their hands at all, but you're still brothers and sisters. And you got to build that relationship. That's going to be what sort of, I mean, really, if you think of getting this nation back on track, rebirthing it, rebuilding it, however you want to call it, it's going to be the church. It's the church that got this nation started in the first place. It's going to be the yeah. nation. Or it's going to be the church that restarts the nation. So we can start that in our own community. I think it's important. I agree. So we got one final point here. And do you want to read this, honey?
2: Number 12 here. Okay. So Roe versus Wade was overturned. What is maybe the most important court ruling in my lifetime was delivered by the Supreme Court. Even this monumental, life saving ruling exposed what we are up against from the leak of the draft ruling, probably from someone very close to the justices, if not a justice themselves. To just how ravenous so many in this nation, especially single and suburban women are about maintaining their ability to kill their offspring, self idolatry, and desire to maintain our comfort were certainly exposed this year.
1: Yeah, and this was the story. This was the story of the year, I think, for anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And I think... As bad as this year was in a lot of respects, I think if you could go back to January 1st, 2022 and say, you know, whatever comes our way, would you take it all if we could overturn Roe versus Wade? I think most Christians would go, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll fight all the other battles. We got to save the children. we got to get rid of this curse of murdering our own offspring, this sacrifice to Moloch that our nation's been given over to Mm -hmm. for 50 years, we've got to get rid of it. And we did. And that was monumental. I think it's, you know, nation saving, if you will. And it's expected, you know, and this is a large part of why, you know, the Republicans didn't come to save us because they don't actually have the backbone to stand on moral principles like they should. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But we saw that, you know, and again, not unexpectedly, right, all those who, you know, Roe versus Wade was their idol to themselves, and their, you know, feminism, their women's liberation, all this sort of nonsense. It's expected that when that came crumbling down, they were going to scramble to try to maintain whatever they could of it. So we saw places like Michigan, where they went and signed some of the worst abortion laws in the world, and California, of course, and New York, where they were going to do what they could to hold on to it. And that's expected. But the blessing is, we can fight now, we can go and fight every election cycle to save babies. And the hope is that, you know, is the faithful, the prayerful, start going to war We can start turning hearts and minds and start getting rid of some of these laws and some of these states and saving more and more children. And all of that became more possible this year because of Roe versus Wade being overturned. And I don't want us to lose sight of, because of all the negative that happened this year, you know, in January 1st of 2022, if you would have told me about the Twitter files, the FBI, (laughs) DIE coming. Uh, you know, respect for Mary, whatever it was. If you had told me all of that in exchange for Roe being, being overturned, I think all of us would have said, yeah, that's a fair trade. I, I agree. So that is a good new story to end on, I think, and a good way to recap 2022. Through all the negative, it was a win. It yeah. was a win for children.
2: Lots of battles going on. Yeah. Yes. And for sure,
1: you know certainly that's not the you know those aren't the only twelve stories like we mentioned. We didn't even talk about Russia going to war with Ukraine. That certainly happened. Um, many of us for the first time, were really exposed to what the World economic Forum was and those den of vipers that we now have to deal with on a global stage. I mean, there's a lot of stories, but I think to highlight it is that. We're still in a fight. You know, the the dark side, they're not just gonna go away.
0: Mm-mm. There's and,
2: always gonna be a fight.
0: And they're
1: getting yeah. more ravenous because they're gaining ground, right? They have yeah. leaders in high places that are willing to do their bidding.
2: Because of our comforts, like you said. Because of our comfort They get us comfortable and and yeah. then they threaten to take away the the things they've given us.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that's you know, propaganda indoctrination one one. So A lot of other stories, but I think those 12, you know, those were kind of, we talked a lot about gender indoctrination and that sort of stuff. And we will into 2023. I mean, those stories aren't going away. And we're going to keep talking about them. Uh, You know, homeschooling, we're going to keep talking about it, you know, not placing your faith in politicians or the news media, we're going to keep talking about it. But those were big stories. And I think that's important, but we do want to highlight the fact that the church in at least some areas grew a backbone and proved that our constitution still remains. They still have a freedom of religion and more babies are going to be born in this nation um, than they would have otherwise. And that's good news. So as we come to the end of this year, how should we reflect on what we've lived through and experienced? And I believe that we should rejoice and give praise to God for two reasons. And the first one is that God is sovereign over all. He's sovereign over everything. His providence extends into every aspect of our lives. And nothing that happened this year caught God off guard. It didn't catch him by surprise. And none of it happened without God's allowance. It didn't happen without his active involvement. And sometimes people don't like that. But whether you like (laughs) what God does or you don't, doesn't really make a difference because God does what God wants. And um, he is providential over your life, over this nation and over this world.
2: That's what it means for him to be sovereign.
1: So, So, you know, God doesn't learn anything. He knows everything, right? That's what omniscience is he knows everything. So God has never been surprised. He's never learned anything. COVID didn't catch him off guard. You know, your trans teacher didn't catch him off guard. God is aware of all of it. So that is a reason for us to still rejoice and give praise to God. So I think Psalm 113, when I was reading it, sounded like a pretty good Psalm to remind us of this. So do you want to read Psalm 113, honey?
2: Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord, our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord.
1: It's good. From this time forth and forevermore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Praise the Lord. So if this year had you nervous, you know, if it had you fearful, if it had you dismayed, I would tell you to take heart. Our God was in control of every aspect, mm-hmm. and as the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans, he is still working all things together for the good of those who love him, even when we can't see it at times, and a lot of times we can't see it. You know, when Duke is sending race hoaxes and DIEs, you know, squeezing your church for everything they got, it's hard to see. Um, But that's why we have scripture, we can go back to scripture and be reminded of the truth that Mm -hmm. God is still in control. So that's the first reason to rejoice. The second reason is clarity. Because clarity is a blessing. And more than any year in my life, we were giving clarity of the world that we live in, even more than 2020 and 2021. I feel like 2022 was the most clarifying. And I think for anyone except really the most hard of heart or the most thick skull uh, folks among us, I think your eyes were opened this year about the world that we live in. And I think 2022 sort of showed that all the old guards were exposed or it exposed all the old guards, you know, the government, the military, science, medicine, academia, and even the church were exposed. You know, everywhere that the light of illumination was shown, people were being exposed. You know, no one really came out scot-free. So this is both a blessing and a curse, you know, because once the light's turned on, and you're made aware, Mm -hmm. well, now you no longer get to claim ignorance. Yeah. So that's kind of
2: it's like a time of choosing who side you're on, really. Yeah,
1: for sure. I always It made me think of that, and I think we referenced it just maybe last week, but that Pilgrim's Progress quote, you know, how did you come by this burden at first? He said, by reading this book in my hand. It's like, well, how did you come by this burden of truth? And you're like, <laughs> I paid attention to the last year, and now I can't unsee it, right? Yeah. I know the darkness that we're living in. Mm-hmm. So I think we've all had our eyes open. And I think they're really, you could say, wide open uh, to the nefarious forces that are at work in our world. They're really at work against us. And not only just us as we, the people, but specifically we, the church. We saw that plenty this year.
2: Yeah, you see a a spiritual, it's all spiritual. and They might label it or disguise it um, under uh, political (laughs) political things, but we have to see it as spiritual. And we, and it isn't solved. We said this just by voting because um, we need to pray and ask God, knowing he is sovereign, but he still wants us to, to pray about things. And he does move through our prayers.
1: No, for sure. It's certainly not political. It's not scientific. Um, we are in spiritual battles. Spiritual uh, warfare and spiritual solutions Need are going attack to be on what the family.
2: This. Yeah.
1: Attack on the family is attack on the faith.
2: Yes. And
1: uh, the attack on the family was very evident this year. So, you know, I think with that clarity comes a responsibility. Like I said, you can kind of, you can never, or you can no longer um, claim ignorance. You know, we can no longer, you know, should no longer just be. The sort of go along to get along Christians. You know, so as Joshua um, asked the children of Israel in Joshua 24, I believe I think we must answer that same question that the Israelites had to answer choose this day whom you will serve. So, are you going to be Joshua in 2023 and serve the Lord? We hope so. You know, we hope we will. In 2023.
2: Every day you have to really be on guard and make sure.
1: Well, and you have to choose studying. to serve him every day. Yes. This isn't a, well, I chose to serve him in 1978 at a revival. What did you choose him today? And are yeah. you going to choose him tomorrow? Um, That's right. You know, so we hope you do. We hope we do. But we want it to be a sober, you know, clear eyed choosing of what serving the Lord actually means, what service to the Lord means. Um, And that's why we're going to be changing sort of the, I guess, I don't know what you call it, the catchphrase of our podcast. You know, for the last year, it was truthless times need timeless truths. And we're going to be changing that to Proverbs (laughs) 8.13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Because we need to become people who hate evil. That's something we e-
2: pray. You should, we should pray that every day.
1: We should Ask pray that Ask God every to day. help
2: us hate what he hates.
1: Yeah. And I think as evil abounds and it creeps into more and more aspects, you know, and that stinks, right? Because we love our comfort. We love our entertainment. Yeah. But, you know, this year, I think this year we canceled our Amazon. We canceled Netflix. Um, we canceled, I can't remember what else, but all because evil, you know, when they start saying, well, we're going to spend our money on abortions, you know, to send our employees out to get abortions. Well, that's evil in my books. So we're not going to do business with you. And that stinks, because Amazon makes buying things easy. And when you have to go, and that's why we, you know, we got rid of our Amazon affiliate links, and we went to christianbooks.com or Best Buy, and these sorts of things. It's not a a one for one trade off. It's more difficult. You know, Christian books has shipping fees. That's not great. Amazon Mm -hmm. doesn't. But, you know, it's $3.99. We can't put our money
2: above our conscience like that.
1: We shouldn't, but so many do. Right. So that's our sort of moniker, our tagline going into 2023. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. You know, so if we're going to fear the Lord, or if we're going to serve the Lord, um, we need to be doing it with a clear and defined understanding that this country and this world are going to be against us. Yeah. Because if we hate what this world stands for, (laughs) they're not going to like us. We're
2: not ever going to have world peace because we can't have peace with the world because friendship with the world is enmity with God is what the scriptures say. So our goal is not peace, even with our enemies. Yeah, we're good to our enemies and bless them, but we're never going to have peace.
1: Right. And I mean, it doesn't mean we shouldn't ask for it and pray for it and strive for it in our own lives. We should. And we may get moments of respite for sure. Yeah. You know, but yeah, the idea of like, you know, that was something we always grew up with. This church is going to win the city. How about you win your congregation first? (laughs) You know, I know we're going to take the nations for Christ. Okay. Have you read the end of the book? Um, You know, but yeah, doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for it and strive for it and vote for it and stand up for it. We should do all of those things and pray that God would grant us peace in our time.
2: Yeah. You know, but we should desire.
1: Yeah. We should be aware again that this is not the Christian nation that your parents, that your grandparents grew up in. This is a nation that is now an increasingly hostile.
2: Celebrates evil. God. It Openly
1: celebrates, celebrates evil. it. It lights up the White House and evil and things that God hates. Um, so they're hostile towards God in so many areas. But again, that brings clarity. Yeah. So we can rejoice for that. Uh, Because really sifting the truly faithful from those who, as we've said before, just like Jesus as an accessory is important. And we should be glad for it. We shouldn't be afraid of a sifting, of a shaking to see who's really, you know, built on the rock. Yeah, we should be comfortable with that. And, you know, your faith needs to be tested just like theirs to be proven true. So that's good. And we should also begin to steel ourselves to the real idea that persecution may not be too distant in the future. You know, we just saw this story here just this week of a woman in England arrested for praying quietly uh, across the street from an abortion clinic.
2: Yeah, she was just she was even praying out loud, just in her mind. If you just, just look standing like there.
1: you're praying, that's He's not some- good enough. Right. So we should begin. And this is why learning to sort of let go of some of those comforts, some of that entertainment um, is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, we built this show around Dietrich Bonhoeffer and what he did in the 1930s. And he was a man who came from an affluent, uh, pretty well-to-do family in Germany, educated you know, college educated man traveled the world. He lost it all for the sake of standing for God to the point of being thrown in prison and hung, uh, hung to death for what he stood for. And are we going to be willing to stand the same way? Now, again, keep praying. Hopefully nothing happens to that sort. Hopefully we go back and God brings us peace and respite and restores this nation. But if not, you know, And this was what was so disheartening during the COVID years. You know, if you're not willing to stand for your faith or fight for your faith when all that's at risk is your job. How likely are you to stand and fight for it when it means a prison cell or it means worse, a noose, you know, far less likely, I would imagine, you know, Mm. so if you didn't stand, stand tomorrow. You know, stand the next day. You know, don't just say, well, I I gave in one. So now I'm just the kind of guy who gives in. No, (laughs) stand the next time. Push back, fight for your rights, fight for your faith the next time. Um,
2: Yeah, it's okay to admit where you failed to stand, but other people will stand with you, hopefully. And they won't just have the mindset of not standing for... They will anything
1: everybody needs to see someone else do it first.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, very few people are willing to be front runners. So if you saw somebody stand, and that gave you courage, then you stand and give someone next to you courage, and encourage them to stand and all those sorts of things. You know, this is iron sharpening iron and encouraging one another to run the race, right and fight the good fight. So do you have any? um Anything else that you want to say just on the news stories, the last year that we've discussed here today before we kind of end on that. Um,
2: um just and get into
1: the salvation topics.
2: I mean, just talking on all that, it just kinda could be disheartening just knowing that the wicked likely have more things planned, but yeah, just focusing on God is sovereign, like we talked about, I think that's the thing we need to hold on to every day, not just going into the next year. And, you know, everybody makes a big deal about the next year, you know, like, it's this big thing you, you unwrap and see what's inside of it. But it's really a day by day thing. We can't, we can't look at the whole year, like trying to figure out what the year holds, because we don't even know, like the Jesus says, don't even worry about tomorrow. Um, We need to have that approach, that mindset to not worry about tomorrow. And remember that God is sovereign. He has all your days numbered. Um, We have so many comforting scriptures. Um, We talk about the news all the time and get upset and it could get fearful, but God is aware. Like that's just something we need to remind uh, other believers and also use that as something to, um, a way to share the gospel when unbelievers are, they're, they're worried about the future too. You know, they see what's going on. They, you know, they may agree with us um, politically, you know, there's, there's good unbelievers, you know what I mean? Um, But that's just something God allows these things to happen to cause people to turn to him. So we can praise God for the wickedness because it makes people afraid because there's unbelievers who fear for their children being brainwashed all the same. Yeah, and so sure. it's really a lot of opportunity through their wickedness. People are going to turn to the Lord. It's um, love we'll a lot of opportunity to speak with them and um, steer toward the gospel and bring them to that hope that we have, uh, for eternity, not just, um, the things we worry about in the world, want them to have that hope of eternity as well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, just before we end here and start getting into our discussion on, you know, what we, or our discussion in regards to the salvation topic we've discussed this year, um, I will just remark that we are called to be servants of the Lord. You know, if you're a Christ follower, you're called to be a servant. And he has given us commands. You know, he didn't just leave us to aimlessly wander or flounder about in this world. So if we choose him, you know, we talk about Joshua 24, choose this day whom you will serve. If you are choosing him, then choose him, right? Let's not say I'm going to choose him and then not choose him. If You're going to say you choose him, choose him. Um, and let's live in a way that the godless, you know, the God-hating in this world, um, that they're going to recognize that they're going to see that we're doing something different, and we're not going along with the godless, the God-haters in their mm-hmm. wicked ways anymore. We're going to begin to choose Christ over comfort. We're going to begin to choose Christ over money. We're going to begin to choose Christ in every area. We're going to give him our time and our attention, and we're going to, you know, love the brethren because he's told us to. We're going to forgive others because he's told us to. We're going to love our enemies because he's told us to. We're going to flee from sin because he's told us to. All these sorts of things, you know, because we're choosing him. He's not just an accessory, you know, Mm -hmm. this is the idea of, you know, accepting Christ or repent and believe, you know, it's like, I want Jesus to come in and supercharge my life. Or am I willing to die to my old life and be reborn as a servant of the most high? You know, those are two different things. We Mm -hmm. need to be those that are willing to die to the old us and choose to follow Christ you know, we haven't been called out of this world just yet. We're all still here. Uh, But we have been called to live like residents of a better kingdom. And I think we should all resolve to make 2023 a year where we live more like children of God, children that come from a heavenly kingdom, you know, even though we're here, but we carry ourselves in a manner more representative of that kingdom and not this earthly kingdom, and its earthly leaders. So that's all we really got on the news topics. We do want to end on our Bible topic, if you will, and just sort of recap um, what we've talked about as far as salvation. So this year, we did start making our way through what we dubbed the road to salvation. Yeah, I'm sure we didn't dub that. Probably been (laughs) said since the (laughs) Apostles' Day. But that's what we call it. And that's what my website says. And our assurances of salvation. Now, we haven't finished all of the assurances yet. We will be picking back up with those in the new year. But we do want to recap where we have been, because there is nothing more important uh, going into the new year than having a right relationship with God, whether that's 2023 or 2043, if the Lord would tarry. So having a right relationship with God is the most important thing. So we'll just cover these quickly, and if you have anything to say or a point you want to bring up on them, feel free. But our road to salvation, we looked at five verses from the book of Romans that the Apostle Paul gives us to receive the free gift of salvation that Christ paid for on the cross. So five points. The first one is is is, is, uh, you need to acknowledge your need of a savior. You can't do it alone. And we get this from Romans chapter three, verse 23, where he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So this is where your journey of faith must start. It can start nowhere else. You must start with the knowledge that you're a sinner in Mm -hmm. need of a savior. You cannot save yourself. You, you know, this is where the Mormons, one of the areas where they fall short. You can't work your way to heaven. <laughs> you sinned and you have fallen short of the glory of God.
2: Yep. And then number two, right after that, um, God provided us a way out, a way to eternal life. And Romans 6, 23 says, the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So it's really important that we, I mean, a lot of churches don't preach uh, these two. Um, they don't talk about sin and the wages of sin being death. Um, so then you, the gospel, which means good news, isn't actually good news. Um, you have to hear the bad news first. It's good new. It's good to realize you're a sinner, in need of a savior, and realizing where that leads you is eternal death. So it's really a good thing. Praise God that He reveals that to us so that we will turn to Him.
1: Yeah. And this is, you know, these first two points are really what leads you to come humbly to the cross, which is how we're called to come.
2: You can't come humbly. Yeah. if You don't have that. You're
1: full of pride and thinking you're living this morally righteous life. You know, you can't come and call on the Lord. You need to be humbled in your sins. And point number three, you have to believe and accept the free gift of salvation. And this comes from Romans chapter five, verse eight. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I think oddly, this is a stumbling block for a lot of people. You know, again, that pride and that egotism doesn't like to accept the free gift. We, you know, especially as Americans, many of us are independent, you know, self-made or, you know, whatever it is we want to call ourselves. We don't like the idea of you can't do anything on your own you can simply accept the free gift that's being offered you know you can't work for it you can't buy it mm. can't earn it nothing you just have to simply accept it and while that's great news for some that can be a stumbling block for others but again that's why those first two points are very important to break down that pride and that ego that says even if you wanted to earn it you blew it a million times over already so your idea of earning it sure maybe you could have you can't now <laughs> you're a sinner yeah. and you need the free gift
2: Yeah I would encourage anyone who has a hard time understanding their need for a savior um the doctrine of depravity the first one I ever listened to was by Paul Washer and that's when I really <laughs> I don't know the gospel just all new to me I I don't think I ever understood uh depravity until it was explained to me really and i'm like oh it's right there in scripture it's all over
0: <laughs> yeah. how
2: did i miss it um yeah if you feel like you don't really appreciate what christ has done um yeah i just encourage you to listen um it doesn't have to be paul washer that's just the one i listen to there's a bunch of them just the the doctrine of depravity um so number 4 Is believe in your heart that when you ask, you will be saved. So Romans ten thirteen says, "For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." So you will call on Him when you realize um, the desperate situation you are in. You will you will call if when you realize there's no way out, and you realize that's the only way. So that's why it's everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that goes well with the point number five here, which is to confess with your mouth. And that's Romans 10, verse nine through 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm -hmm. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this is a calling on the name of the Lord, confessing with your mouth. This isn't a thought process that you have. 10 years ago, you know, when you were stirred up to emotion, sitting in that pew, this is confessing with your mouth, that you're a sinner in need of a savior,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that you accept the free gift of salvation that's being offered to you by Christ, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. So those five points there, that's sort of, you know, it's dubbed the Roman's road method of gospel presentation is probably the most popular method Mm -hmm. of sharing the gospel. So if you want to be saved, follow those steps. Uh, If you want to share with others how they can be saved, show them those steps, (laughs) tell them those steps. Now, what do you rest on to know that you are saved? Because your prayer is not what you look to to test if you are in the faith. Right. So Romans Road shows you how to get saved, but you don't look back and go, "Well, I prayed that prayer 10 years ago, so that's how I know I'm in." That's or how I know just I'm called saved. called
2: on God one time. Yeah.
1: No. We test ourselves, and our assurances of faith, as we would call them, is what we go to, and in God's good pleasure. He provided us a really concise book in the Bible to lay out for us what the assurances are, and that book is the book of 1 John. And we know that it's the book of 1 John because John tells us in the book. <laughs> 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, he says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. He wrote the book of First John so that you could know if you have eternal life. Now, we've only made, uh, made it through six of the 10 this year. So that's all we're going to have in our recap. The remaining four will be coming early next year. We'll get right back into them. But we're just going to cover the six that we've already covered so far. And just a be, forew- be forewarned. Uh, the prayer that you confess with your mouth is not one of the assurances that John is going to give you in this book.
0: <laughs>
1: so the first assurance that he gives here, he says, or it comes from First John chapter one verse seven: If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son cleanses us from all sin. So again, how can we be how can we be assured of our salvation? We're walking in the light as Jesus walked in the light. Our lives are trending, and tending to look like Christ's life, like the apostle's life, the things he's commanded you, the way he's told you to live. You're beginning to live in that manner. So again, these assurances are just as much for you to look at your brothers and sisters in the faith and say, are they actually in the faith? It's just as much for that as it is to wake up and look yourself in the mirror and go, am I actually walking in the light? You know, so this is a a sort of scorecard for yourself as as much as it is for anybody else outside or in the church.
2: Yes. Number two says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And... Yeah, we can't say we don't have sin. Um, he does go on in First John, talking about if you say you have no sin, um, you call God a liar because he says all have sinned. So you're just agreeing with God, <laughs> what he's already said, that all have sinned. When you confess, you're in agreement with him. And when you agree with him, he's faithful and just to forgive you all your sins. And yeah. to cleanse you from unrighteousness. So he doesn't just forgive, he cleanses too.
1: Yeah, and that's, I don't know if you mentioned First John chapter 1, verse 9. I don't know if you said that, but that was the verse. And And this isn't a one-time deal oh, either, sorry. right? We're going to spend our lives repenting for our sins and for our unrighteousness. Because we're never going to be free of sin, temptation. We're going to be spending our lives being sanctified and repenting. Um, for the sins that we've committed. So this isn't a one-time act either. But again, if you find yourself never repenting for sins or never even feeling guilty for sins that you've committed, that would be, you know, something to consider. Maybe give you a warning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, point number three here comes from 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. And by this, we know that we have come to know him, if we keep his commandments. And I feel like among all the other assurances here, this one, I don't know if it gets lost, it gets dismissed, it's not believed, but we actually have commandments to keep as Christians. You know, I've talked about it a lot here, the Great Commission, going to all the world, making disciples of all nations, or I can't remember how it goes. Mm -hmm. But the last part of that is teaching them to obey my commands. So Christ commands you to keep his commands. And that's one of the ways that you know, you can have assurance that you're saved is you are actually keeping his commands. Again, do you love your enemies? Do you love your neighbor? Do you love the Lord, your God? Uh, You know, are you fleeing from sin? Mm -hmm. All these sorts of things. These are commands to keep. Are you keeping them? And are you joyfully keeping them? It's not begrudgingly doing it, right? But you're doing it because you love the Lord and He's told you to do it. And you understand that it's what's best for you. So are you keeping his commands? If Mm -hmm. so, you can be assured of your salvation. If Mm -hmm. not, it should be something to give you pause.
2: Yep. And number four says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. That's first John two, six. So in light of knowing how how much we've been forgiven, Spencer says in the verse before that, we are to obey his commands and and a big one is forgiving one another um, because he's forgiven us, and it's not a burden. It's not hard to forgive others because he's forgiven us and just just that whole idea of his commands not being burdensome as we look to him in the work he has done. Um, it's, yeah, it's not, um, begrudgingly, like you said, it's easier to obey his commands because you're doing it with joy and knowing that you're serving Christ, even though others may not give you recognition or, or treat you kindly, um, you know that you're going to be rewarded by your heavenly Father. You know that he sees what you do in secret. So it's with that in mind, it's easier to walk in the way he walked. Like he washed the disciples' feet. He even washed Judas's feet knowing what he was going to do. Um, so it's very important to um meditate to read on everything Christ did, how he loved his enemies. Um, up until the very end.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, and
1: this one is kind of similar to point number one, right? Walking in the light as he was in the light, mm-hmm. where we ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Mm-hmm. And point number five here comes from mm-hmm. 1 John chapter 2, verse 10. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, mm-hmm. and in him there is no cause for stumbling. So again, this is, piggybacks in a sense off of keeping his commands but do you love your brothers do you love the brethren do you love you know the brothers and sisters in the faith Mm. first and foremost do you love your neighbors do you love your enemies right are you walking in love if not if you're harboring hatred and disdain for everybody if you're judgmental uh, you know and all these sorts of things should give you pause we should be Growing in our love for others, not diminishing in our love for others.
2: Right. And just um you abide in the light. I know I was just reading that. (laughs) I was just gonna comment. Like we're we're not supposed to be a stumbling block to others, because it says in him there is no cause for stumbling. So Spencer will walk in the light because he doesn't want to cause others to stumble he walks in darkness, others might stumble, they might be looking up to him, or he's tempting others to sin by the way he's living. So when I read that, that's it, a loving thing to walk in the light. Because you're not going to cause someone else to sin, to sin to stumble,
1: right? And this is, you know, you could add into this that uh, I can't remember the verse off the top of my head, but woe to those by whom temptation comes. Because if you're the one bringing temptation, you're now a stumbling block. Yeah. You're putting temptation in front of your brothers, tempting them to sin. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, woe to you. You know, so we should be walking, desiring to walk as pure and, you know, in the light, according to Christ's commandments. So we don't cause others to stumb- or stumble because if we love them, we don't want them to stumble. Right. So again, you know, you're not, this could be, You could talk about the modesty argument. That's a really easy one. You're not going to walk around completely immodest and just go, it's not my job to keep him from sinning. No, it is. (laughs) And if that's your mindset, it's not my job to keep him from sinning. Again, I would say point number five here, you're missing. And it would give me pause in my faith. If you don't think it's your job as a Christian to help others not sin, I think you're missing the mark.
2: Yeah, I think that needs to be discussed. Um, more in churches, offensive, but we need to, yeah. feel it's okay offended. to offend. The yeah. truth can't be offensive. Right. You might not like it, but it's not offensive. Right. Your flesh is offended. What it is. Okay. Number six, first John two fifteen. do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. That could be the, uh,
1: the verse of 2023, (laughs) looking back on 2022, you better get ready to not love the things of the world.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's one to just, cause there's so many things just pulling our attention to the world. Um, you know, like we talked about tonight, our, our comfort, our entertainment, um, just our self idolatry. (laughs)
1: And it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the things of the world, you know, enjoy your comfort, enjoy your entertainment. Yeah. But loving them, placing them above Christ. Loving them. That's where you get yourself into trouble. And that's where I think we've seen many, you know, fall into that trap of placing their comfort, their job, their identity, whatever happens to be above Christ. And again, it would give me pause if I were you. if it was me, you know, we all have to look ourselves in the mirror. So Mm -hmm. and that was first John chapter two, verse 15. Did I say it wrong? I don't you might not. I don't know if you said it or not. But that might be the verse to ponder that in Joshua 24. Read them both all the time. Consider them.
2: Yeah, think about what are the things in the world Do not love the world or the things in the world.
1: And the things in the world that you love might be different than the things in the world that I love. But either way, we both need to make sure they're in their healthy place. You know, rather that's, you know, video games or I don't know, whatever happens to be money, comfort, whatever your job, yeah. your whatever your you, whatever you love is, yeah, it needs to be in a healthy dose and it's healthy order, and not placed above Christ. And that might look different for you than it does for me, but either way, we both need to be cognizant of that. And again that's why these verses are there. We need to be pondering them, thinking on them. You know Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, you know meditate on the law day and night, then you will be prosperous. We should be meditating every day on God's word and thinking about how does my life line up with this? And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, I need to fix something. So Do you have any last thoughts, honey, on the Bible topic, news topic, anything that we talked about today before we get our sermon recommendation out of the way?
2: Oh, just just be in the word. Just I love first John Just going over all I'm doing is just, it really makes you reflect. It's such a good, um, good one to uh, examine your heart.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I would just say 2022, in a lot of ways was not a good year. It's not a sin to, I think, recognize that there was a lot of difficulty, you know, inflation, wars, all sorts of things. But when you have your eyes fixed on Christ, when you realize God is still in heaven, he's still in control. We don't have to worry so much, you know, we can, we can still trust that God is working all things together. And we can find joy in that. And you know, we can hold fast to our faith and that can help, you know, help us, I guess, have the mindset that every year is a good year because it's one year closer to Christ coming back. So no matter what the world throws at us, you know, we should hopefully be able to find joy, confidence in those facts. So yes. that's what I would leave you with. Now for our sermon recommendation, we mentioned this is uh, one of our fellow Christian podcast community members. Not just a member, but sort of the de facto head of the Christian podcast community, Andrew Rappaport, on his podcast, The Rap Report. And we listened to this on the way back from Michigan. And we listened to this one, part one on election. And this is from his What We Believe sort of series, going through his doctrinal statement. And Andrew does a really Great job of discussing this very important doctrine in the Christian faith, the doctrine of election. And it's one that I think causes a lot of angst and even anger among some, depending on what side of the aisle you fall on in your Christian faith, but it shouldn't because it's clearly outlined in scripture, the doctrine of election. He does a really good job on there. He's on the podcast with another. Christian podcast community member, Pastor Dom from Street Talk Theology. And they just go through why they believe what they believe and where they get it from in scripture and that sort of stuff. It's part one of part, I think a two-part series. So both very good. We highly recommend that you go and give them a listen. Maybe subscribe to Christian podcast community if you haven't already. Leave a nice review. And I'm sure... They would all appreciate that. Christian podcast community had a great year this year as a whole. So that was nice. But that is all we really have for you guys today. We do want to wish you a blessed new year. And uh, that is all we got. God bless.